like it. Yeah. Two philosophers. For sure. Modern day philosophy. With no fucking background in philosophy whatsoever. Hey, bullshit, motherfucker. Yeah, baby. Oh yeah. Welcome to Wasted Content, episode eighty-four. I am Anthropos, and I am Mozymandias. <laughs> and for today's lineup, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Sing song, yeah, I like it. <laughs> uh, for today's lineup, we have a full lineup of Oktoberfest Mars and Lager beers, guys. Oktoberfest season is here, and every single fucking brewing company is whipping out their fucking Mars and Lager dicks. So we got to see what the fuck is up. We got to see who's doing it right, who's doing it justice, because it is my favorite beer style. You know, I, I claim to fucking, you know, enjoy stouts and porters and all this shit. But if you gave me one beer style to drink forever for the rest of fucking time, it would have to be a Marzen Lager. Uh, I want to get it. Bold motherfucking statement. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. This beer is just perfect. It works any anytime and you know uh, i i was trying to hit us with like some fucking yeah cool um, beer first beer fest again come on yeah absolutely okay. I, I i never i never tire <laughs> from it um you know i wanted to hit us with some fucking stouts and certainly you know i i used to say that shit i used to be like i'll fucking drink stouts in summer you know fucking all like super like craft beer meathead about it and i've just gotten to the point where i can appreciate so many more different styles now that Having a fucking barrel aged <laughs> bourbon barrel aged uh a stout imperial stout in in like dead heat summer like triple digit weather is is not too appealing man it just hits like a fucking brick in your stomach and it's it's not enjoyable there's so many styles out there that af- that offer uh crisp refreshing um light bubbly effervescence um beautiful flavors while you're at it. And uh, I really think that this beer style has it all. Um, you can enjoy this. Uh, you can freeze it in the winter. You could skate on it. There it is. You can melt it and <laughs> drink it in the spring. So um, we're going to get right into it. And before we get into our first beer in the lineup, I do want to give you guys a little piece of uh, craft beer nerd um, fucking uh, 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 legend here. And I'm going to start with saying that in the 16th century, a Bavarian law prohibited brewing beer from April April 24th to September 28th. This was deemed necessary because brewery equipment was made largely from wood at the time, so there was a fire risk during the summer months. Just because they could not brew beer over the summer didn't mean there was no beer to drink. Marzen beer, which means March beer in German, was brewed and stored in caves to stay cool and last until the fall. Compared to other beers at the time, it had a higher ABV and more hops, both of which helped pre- preserve the beer for longer. Even though it was brewed in the spring, the beer unequivocally became associated with the fall. You're just fucking drinking that shit until the goddamn fall got there and where everybody could start brewing beers again. Um, in 1810, when Prince Ludwig of ba- Bavaria married Princess Therese of Saxony Hildenbergenhausen on October 12th, There was a large celebration in Munich. 
The couple invited nobles and commoners alike to join in the festivities. This started a tradition that eventually became Oktoberfest. Marzen beer, which was widely available during the festival, became commonly known as Oktoberfest beer. And there you have it, guys, the legend of the Oktoberfest beer. Um, and, you know, we're not trying to fuck around here. We ain't trying to fucking, you know, um, beat around the bush with this. We're going to get into this lineup in, in full tradition with Spotin'. Spotin' is our first Oktoberfest um, Marzen lager in our lineup. This comes in at a 5.9% ABV and a little bit from Spotin' themselves. It says, our Oktoberfest beer created in 1872 is the world's first Oktoberfest beer, brewed from the greatest folk festival in the world. No Oktoberfest may begin until the mayor of Munich taps the first keg of Spotin' Oktoberfest beer. Amber in color, this medium-bodied beer has achieved its impeccable taste by balancing roasted malt flavors with a perfect amount of hops, having a rich textured palate with an underlying sweetness true to tradition. I ain't gonna fucking fuck around here. Let's get right into the fucking pour. very well we've got the spot in oktoberfest in our mugs and just just from the poor man just a beautiful bready maltiness that fills a, a, a lovely bready malty sweet caramely aroma that fills the air um this thing is just impeccable i think that they you know correctly use that word in the description of the beer um i, I really have a tough time finding anything wrong with this beer anything that it's not doing right Hmm. um fucking hell man uh the first time i was ever exposed to this was sam adams i gotta give them credit for a lot of this shit because they introduced me to many new styles but once i had this one this was truly and definitively the baseline for and and the measuring stick for any mars and lager to come yep you know um fuck it let's get some smelling notes my dude fucking yum god just the smell alone takes me back to fucking this like random mass oktoberfest uh fucking being drunk and smelling that malt liquor everywhere because everyone's having the same fucking beer <laughs> and just dancing around drunk with the fucking the fucking stupid band playing yeah poker band poker band yeah uh, i mean it spilled all over the fucking uh Oof, location yeah. absolutely everybody's just having a fucking blast mm -hmm. everybody's toast everybody's just drunk off their fucking ass um it's it's a real celebration you know it really captures the the essence of celebrating yes it does yeah dude fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know that i have anything else to add for the smelling notes aside from things i've already mentioned at this point um, it's just a beautiful fucking showcasing of what you can do when you put water, hops, and malt to work. Um, let's get right into this, bro. Prost. Prost. <laughs> mm. We should be wearing some fucking Lederhosen. Fucking hell, dude. It's just... <sighs> How could you not fall in love? It's perfect. Um, we didn't we didn't talk about the color here, but it's a perfect amber hue. Um, 
I can imagine living in a time where all beer looked like a Pilsner or a lager. Mm -hmm. All beers forever just looking like Pilsners or lagers, just looking like this fucking yellow, you know, foamy fucking beer. And then you have some motherfucker bringing this around. You're like, what? What the fuck do you have in your glass? Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's got this like golden amber hue to it, just a rich copper tone, and uh, and and it's so inviting uh, with um, presentation, with aroma, and with flavor alike. Um, I, I could see how this pairs superbly with these big savory flavors of the cheeses and the, the, the bratwurst as well. Um, it's just a lovely combination. Everything comes together just well in this beer. And um, I want to say the, the uh, uh, exemplary in, in the term of a balanced beer. Yeah. We're, this is not, you know, new to us. Um, we've had this beer countless times, so I'd say let's get right into it, bro. With some ratings, what do you got for Spotton's Oktoberfest? Spotton's Oktoberfest has always been a fucking fan favorite and a, fa a favorite of mine as well during the Oktoberfest season. Um, unlike you, this is not beer that I'm going to drink all year long, but I do enjoy it. I love the maltiness. I love the fucking sweetness, the breadiness. Everything coming from this fucking glass is fucking beautiful. Um... I don't, I can't quite agree with you when you said uh, about living in a time where all beer looked the same because Guinness was around. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. For sure. It was around for about 60 years before this. <laughs> You're right. Um, As I said, I also realized that ales, you know, yeah. also existed. and Barley wines. And yeah. Have you tried the mead, sir? <laughs> but for sure. I mean, when everything else looks like piss beer. This is a fucking delicacy. Yeah. This is incredible. Um, fucking fantastic. This is going to be an eight for me. Uh, I think that's uh, very fair, uh, seeing as how we have, um, you know, just in, in essence, a beer that doesn't, it's not reaching. It's not trying to, like, really break any boundaries. It's not... Um, it's not out of bounds. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just perfect. It's perfectly combined with these ingredients, or, or confined with um, the flavor profiles that you could achieve with the ingredients given. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and echo yours. I'm gonna go for an eight on this one. Uh, I think really the only way that I could find Mars and Lagers to be better uh, would be um, maybe uh, just adding a little bit more ABV to it. Um, you know, getting a little bit even that much more fucked up out there in these celebrations. <laughs> And in terms of flavor profile, if we could get something with a little bit more of the same flavors, just more pronounced, mm. just a richer, more um, deeper pronunciation of the flavors could make this better. So, um, yeah, as it stands, Mars and Lagers, Spotting, you got an eight from us. Yeah, eight for me. I think what would bring it up to a 10 is maybe a denser body. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit light bodied, mm -hmm. but I mean, this is the Oktoberfest beer and this is what it's supposed to be like. Correct. Yeah. I found it very important to include this in the lineup and to make it the first beer of the lineup just so that we have a baseline to see what all these other brewing companies are doing yeah. while they're trying to achieve this flavor profile. <clears throat> We're going to get right into the next one for this one. Let's do that. Moving on to the next beer. I don't know why I was in a rush to grab the fucking lighter because I need to do the read first. <laughs> um, from Bell's Comstock. Michigan? That's correct, sir. Motherfucker. What happened? Ugh. 
Okay, I thought it was Minnesota, and oh. I was gonna do the Minnesota accent, yeah, <laughs> or, or, or gosh, and then I fucked up. Oh gosh, oh don't gosh, you know. <laughs> oh gosh, oh golly, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> fuck, it's Michigan. Yes, it is. Um, Bell's Brewing Company, Comstock, Michigan. This is Oktoberfest beer, Marzen Lager, brewed with brewed and bottled by brew. I just fucking said that like five times. Fall is my favorite time to drink beer. The weather turns cooler. There's a bounty of foods, and beer just seems to taste better. I hope you enjoy this traditional beer as much as I do. Prost. Jerry J. Bell. Sweet. Owner, founder of Bell's Brewing. This is coming in at a 5.5% ABV with a shelf life of three months. Interesting. Okay. Oh. I, I do find it interesting that they decided to include that little tidbit there. Yeah, I thought this was supposed to be hidden in caves all fucking summer, and then, you know? March, April, May, June. Fuck, that falls short, huh? Mm-hmm. Hey, fucking Bells, what the hey. fuck, man? You, hey! You're serving fucking oh, gosh. rotten oh, beer for the fall. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Let's do it. beer is poured out it's looking fucking fantastic it's not an amber it's more of a fucking bright fluorescent orange yeah definitely a little on the lighter side compared to the spines Mm -hmm. rendition it's a very interesting fucking color it looks fucking gorgeous in this fucking glass the head was fucking incredible it also had like an orange tinge to it yeah and i will say that the head on on um bell's rendition of the marzen is gonna be uh, a little bit formidable in terms of the head when we poured this out in our mugs and our wasted content mugs um this shit looked like a fucking this it looks like the pictures of the fucking oktoberfest beers it looks like, an, it looks like a fucking pumpkin in a glass <laughs> just got this big beautiful frothy big foamy head and it's just kind of a uh, you know a uh, stain uh, uh anti-gravity somehow stain inside the mug even though it's like about one inch above it a bunch yeah. above the rim and it, it looked awesome man um i i will say though you know the the 5.5 makes me a little like uh, concerned i'm hoping that's not uh translating to a little bit less flavor um i'm hoping that the color doesn't mean a little less flavor as well because it is definitely noticeably a little bit on the lighter side mm-hmm. let's see what we've got smelling notes that's right It's not as malty, sweet, bready like the last one. It isn't. It, it's noticeably not, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's um, uh, coming across on the nose as like a little bit watered down from the aroma that we experienced with the spot. Same kind of, uh, uh, same kind of aroma. Very, very uh, malty, sweet, caramelly. Uh, uh, a very light biscuity um, fragrance, but it's it's definitely not giving me as much as Spotten did on the nose. Um, yeah, dude, I'm a little I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned right now, but it is going to be really hard to fuck up this style. So I'm going to give uh, Bells the benefit of the doubt at this point, and uh, let's just get right into this. See what we got. 
Cheers. Cheers. Prost. 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 Fuck. It's a Mars and Lager, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is exactly that. It's a little bit of a muted, watered-down Mars and Lager. With some breadiness coming in right at the end. I think of no... In, in the differences uh, from the baseline that Spawn's Oktoberfest creates, I feel that um, Bell's has either added um, a different hop variant or um, a little bit more hop than 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 the than Spawn has done. So there's a little bit more of a of a of a bite. A little bit more of a hop bite to this, a little bit more of a hop bitterness that lingers after all of these sweet, delicate, bready notes leave. Um, it just kind of sits on the tongue, not as heavy as you would experience from an IPA, but noticeably so. Yeah, it's definitely <clears throat> the differentiating factor is that hop malt balance here. Right. Um, the spot in. Probably says malt liquor. Does it say that? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Hey, <laughs> it does. Um, this, on the other hand, they, it feel like they're going for more rounded beer than the traditional Oktoberfest. I think in doing so, they've actually made something that that um, has lost its balance for me. Mm. Um, I. I just like you said, um, I, I I couldn't put it better myself. Um, the style really does kind of uh, it, it's centered around that balance between those ingredients, and I feel like uh, for uh, Bell's rendition of the style, they've gone just slightly, like whoops, maybe like one more handful um, past uh, what the recipe called on the hop, and um, it, it kind of actually comes across to me as um less refined than than the spot and rendition of it three months shelf life this right. is packaged uh 07 21 2021 what is that june or july yeah july 21st july. 2021 that's about Three months. It, it's um uh, effectively two months at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's two months old. So we we are catching it uh, a little bit later on its leg. But for a beer style that was created initially, um, you know, from from its fucking origin, to be able to like last from March all the way to October, um. I don't know that they're honoring the tradition and I sound like a fucking, <laughs> I sound like a fucking snob at this point, dude. <laughs> and I am, I am. And especially when it comes to fucking with my favorite beer style ever. <laughs> um, 
I'm 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 just I'm a little disappointed. We've had things from Bells like the double hearted ale or the I'm sorry, the two hearted ale. We've had the double two hearted ale, both of which were fucking incredible. Um legit when when Bells Brewing Company hit the West Coast with their two hearted ale, it was a fucking um it, it was a hit. And then the double two hearted ale came out and it was just this big boastful flex on the market. I was expecting that to translate into um, their take on the Oktoberfest style, and I feel like they've pulled one punch. I feel like they've um, they've added a little bit more hop than should be here, and I feel like they've kind of made a very, um, not a very, but I feel like they made a, a generic rendition of the style. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. <clears throat> They, I don't know, I imagine themselves sitting in the boardroom. They're like, we need an Oktoberfest, but we need to put it out on the West Coast. What do they like in the West Coast? Oh, they like IPAs and a hoppy shit. Yeah. Let's add a little bit more hops here that's going to uh, kind of um, placate. placate to that market. Yeah. Yeah, just a bit. They're going to enjoy this more than something malty, which is the complete opposite of what this beer style is supposed to be. It's malty, breadiness, sweet. Right. And this feels muted on all fronts correct uh i i'm not a fucking you know in in terms of like the craft beer industry i'm definitely not someone that's like just opposed to new styles and new flavors and new adjuncts i'm not but do that when you're creating new things do that when you're doing mm-hmm. a, a different take maybe but when you're dealing with something that is completely rooted and embedded in tradition um show some fucking respect bells brewing i'm gonna respect dude legit you know you're talking about a fucking beer style that that is 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 deeply seated in 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 i suppose but would we be saying this if they went the other way on this if there was more flavor if there was more malt if there was more abv you know it's a a variant of the oktoberfest for sure but if it went the other way, we'd be fucking praising their motherfucking beer. Yeah, why not? If you like, can make this better, why not? But I suppose. But but don't make it. But don't make it worse. I think it's just placating to a general market. Don't make it generic. That's it. It's a little disappointing. Yeah, um, I think I got to be devil's advocate here for. But <laughs> eh, I tried. It's okay. If if you gave this to me, if I asked you for Mars and Lager and you gave this to me, I wouldn't be mad. Mm-hmm. But um, we're 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 comparing fucking apples to apples right now, so in those in those terms, I have a rating for this. Uh, for bells Bre- for bells brewings bells brewings companies companies, <laughs> Oktoberfest Mars and beer. Uh, I have uh, I have a six point five. Five point five ABV comes in lower than Spotten. Color comes in lower than Spotten. A uh, flavor profile comes in lower than spot, and um, I, 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 I still like it. Yeah. It's still a Mars and Lager, six point five for me. Damn, that's pretty fucking high. I was gonna give this a five. I, I thought of it because it's such a generic beer in this style. It's like it's neither bad nor good. Fair. I think five is just a perfect number for this. It's five point something ABV. It's a five overall beer. I think that's fair. I think the only thing that keeps me um, at my rating yeah. is it's a generic version of my favorite beer style. Gotcha. Yep. Alrighty. Um, I think that's a fair rating for this one. And we're going to go ahead and open up to the first topic of today's podcast. 
Well, uh, you know, I work in a, I work, I work in a, in a hot, in the hospital industry and, uh, it, it, it certainly seems like every, um, every department or every uh, occupation in a hospital environment has its own week where you get to like just show appreciation for that department oh, okay. so you know there's like a nursing week I think, man, like then, it's on achilles heel um no you get to experience those 365 days gotcha yeah. <laughs> but um you know everyone just sections off a week throughout the year to just appreciate that group of people for what the fuck they do yeah and it's it is it's nice dude you know it really is and um i just want to you know go ahead and, and and take this opportunity to say um no matter in in any industry that i've ever been in um employee morale has been number one on my priority <laughs> i strongly believe if you have uh employees that are um, happy and fulfilled and um you know can find some kind of fulfillment in their work you're gonna get results that um equate to that if you have a bunch of people who are just fucking shitty and it's you know fucking really just morale's low it's on the ground and um you know the beatings will continue until morale improves if you have that kind of environment you're gonna get the same results and um you know with with that being a, a very high on my fucking um maslow's what is it? maslow's um uh pyramid of fucking hierarchy need, of needs hierarchy of needs with that being um you know a big part of my hierarchy of needs um i think you know taking a week to show appreciation is fucking awesome dude everyone needs that shit man everyone needs a fucking pat on the back everybody needs a fucking good job a fucking you know a, you know a high five a gold sticker here and there absolutely dude um just a little goddamn fucking appreciation around here fucking wouldn't hurt you and uh we just had our week for our department and uh I, you know i got to i i got to be able to dole out these little nuggets of appreciation throughout the week and some of them were you know food some of them were like games and some of them were prizes and all this kind of shit and it's just awesome to me it's really cool it's it's um it, it's so encouraging to me and it's rewarding to be able to say thank you in in a in a different way from just telling you that you know every every goddamn fucking day i find myself thanking a, a peer or a fucking employee for the hard work that's being done on a day-to-day -day basis if you can imagine a fucking environment where you work when in 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 the midst of life and death on a daily basis um, it goes a long way and it, unequivocally you just you find people that are just don't fucking appreciate it man that just don't fucking appreciate it and find something to complain about just nitpick at it just well what the fuck we're having fucking this is you have we have tacos you fucking you have the same taco guy as last year. <laughs> you couldn't get a fucking different taco guy. You know, his, his fucking, his, his fucking pastor didn't come from a fucking trompo, you know? <laughs> I only like pastor from trompos, bro. I don't uh -huh. want that shit in a fucking, in a pan already. You don't it? want it? Don't fucking eat it. <laughs> right, dude. Um, Just, oh, fucking, you know, they won. 
they won a prize well that's not fucking fair because i've worked here for fucking 20 years and they've only worked here fucking two years and and where the fuck is my prize it's a fucking raffle you dipshit a dick face it's a raffle do you know how fucking raffles work your fucking ticket number didn't get fucking called bro too bad so sad life's not fucking fair move on it's 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 incredible and it's discouraging because the fucking the, the path to hell is paved with good intentions mm-hmm. and 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 you just uh, you know top of the week i'm so motivated i'm so fulfilled i'm so satisfied to be able to fucking say thank you Fri- come friday i have these motherfuckers complaining about just one little thing and I just find myself answering with something along the lines of, hey, life's not fair. Get to work. You're here to work, actually. Um, I'm not sure if you remember, but the time that you clock in is specifically fucking constructed for you to get to fucking work. <laughs> and then I'm a dick. And it sucks because it's going <laughs> it's going counter to like showing appreciation, which the whole fucking event is about. <laughs> it's awful, dude. And just people find a way to ruin things and um, ultimately it, i feel that the root of this comes in some sort of um uh, an amalgamation of pride and i can tell you this from personal experience because i'm not um i'm not immune to this i actually um i suffer from the same condition and every single time that i have for for a matter of principle or for a matter of pride, which usually go hand in hand. Um, any single time that I've made a stand, it's it's been costly. It has been costly. It has not been beneficial. It has either been detrimental to my uh, relationship with another human being, or it has actually a monetary expense tied to it. Yeah. And it's fucking awful, dude. <laughs> Fuck pride, dude. You know, you have everybody going around, hashtag pride, man. No, that shit sucks, bro. <laughs> it gets you in fucking trouble. It's more trouble than it's fucking worth. Uh, we're not talking about the rainbow flag now, are we? I guess I have to say that we're not talking about it. Okay. Otherwise. Just, yeah. Just pride, right? Yeah. <laughs> just human pride. emotion. In, in general. The, the human construct. The I deserve better than this. There you go. The, what the fuck? I'm paying you or i gave you my time and i deserve more because i've been here 20 plus years and they've only been here two years so i deserve that prize correct um it's encapsulated by those two words exactly in the beginning of the sentence i deserve yeah it's fucking (laughs) terrible it's terrible i i can i i mean i was i was gonna say i can count the number of times in my hand but no it surpassed the number of times where my pride has cost me money yeah yeah it does it's, it's expensive like, bro fuck that i'm not doing that i'm above it <laughs> fuck you oh you're gonna give me a fucking citation because i parked in the fucking loading zone i'm not gonna pay that shit and then he goes to collections and i ended up paying fucking three or four times more than what the fuck actual <laughs> fine was you know it was a 30 dollar fine that turned into a 300 dollars fine because <laughs> fuck you motherfucker <laughs> plenty of fucking times yep it's a matter of principle man mm-hmm. and <laughs> Um, there's a, you know, there's a very common saying pride, pride come before pride cometh before the fall, man. That idea, that notion is so old and ingrained in the human condition 
that the the fucking common phrase is still structured in old English. That's how long our fucking species has suffered from this. That the fucking turn of phrase still says cometh, bro. Nobody says cometh anymore. Hmm. Nobody says cometh anymore. I say cometh. <laughs> okay. Whenever I'm fucking. It. Yeah. Like I'm about to cometh. Or <laughs> 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 here I cometh. Or <laughs> <laughs> I cometh already. <laughs> it's usually that one. I'm going to cometh in your mouth. <laughs> Open your mouth. <laughs> I'm going to cometh. <laughs> <laughs> that's how these fools were doing it up in those fucking yeah. old English times were. <laughs> that's that's it. They're doing that, man. But, yeah, that's how long we've suffered from this, bro. Um, also, with the realization that we are prideful as a fucking human species and we, the universe always fucking finds a way to humble us. And I think that's the fall, right? Agreed. Agreed. Eventually. You realize the price of your fucking pride. Um, what is it? Uh, I, I always like to say it this way: uh, the universe of um always uh, finds a way to balance itself. Uh, you, the universe will always find balance. Is um, that an imbalance, though? Um, that it always finds balance. No, 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 no. I'm saying pride. Is that an imbalance in the universe? Um, absolutely. Um, I would say I would I would uh, I would bet my bottom dollar that um, uh, if you if if you were to fucking get this on the scale of human beings that exemplify this trait, um, there's there's no fucking it's no contest. Mm. It's no contest. Um, I I feel I encounter pride um, much more often. I actually prepare myself in the morning and I fucking tell myself. That I will encounter uh, many individuals that will exemplify this and embody this and to prepare myself for that fucking toil of dealing with this fucking um, arduous fucking uh, character. Trait. Right. Um, it's fucking. <sighs> what the fuck? How do I describe this? Is it pride? I don't know. Never mind. I, I had something. On top of my head, but it's not necessarily pride. But I was gonna say pride is fucking sitting in line to get to the fucking front of In and Out, and somebody cuts in front of you, and they're like, "Fuck that! I deserve to be in front because I'm not gonna wait here like these morons." <laughs> um, but that's not pride. That's well, fucking arrogance, right? There's but, that, and then there's the there's also the pride of I have I have been a fucking uh, you know uh, a citizen. Mm-hmm. I have. Um, completely conformed to fucking social protocol and I have stood in this line and you, sir, yeah. you, sir, you have not. We've <laughs> all stood in line since fucking kindergarten. We know what a fucking line is and the purpose of it. And people like to fucking think they're above the fucking law and just be like, nah, fuck these fucking guys. I'm going to get to the front. And the fucking losers at the fucking end hope and pray that the universe is going to balance itself out and they're going to get their comeuppance. Well, I mean, that, sometimes they don't, that's part of it, but sometimes they don't. And then also, um, the fucking, uh, hospital, the ensuing hospital bill will, uh, certainly, um, create a, a perfect example. Well, after of, they get beat of shit up. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Of how expensive pride can be. I mean, but sometimes they don't. <laughs> The people that continually do this is because they can get away with it and they get away with it every fucking time. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think the question of is there an imbalance in pride? I don't know. I just I think, think it's not necessarily an imbalance in the universe. I just think the universe likes to remind us on a daily fucking basis that we are shit and everybody is shit <laughs> and all your emotions would mean nothing. Even fucking pride. Like, oh, yeah, you're proud. Congratulations. Here yeah. you go. You're actually a piece of shit like everybody else here. Let me uh, let me get you grounded. Let me knock you down a couple of notches. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I do find that the cosmic Joker um, is is uh, certainly seems fair in that in that uh, uh, in that respect. But then sometimes it's not, and that pisses me off even more right. when you don't see the fucking comeuppance. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. I think that's also why there's many uh, turn of phrases that exist uh, along the lines of. Oh, they'll pay for it in afterlife or something along those lines, right? Like that—that'll exist, and that sentiment exists yeah. in any fucking language that has been created by That's, the human species. It's a coping mechanism. It is it's just like, oh yeah, I'm humble, and the the universe has humbled me, but they haven't humbled that person yet, and they will get their day. Yeah, even if it's Hopefully. not on this plane of existence, Hopefully, please on the next plane please. of existence, please. You know? Maybe on the next, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, pride is expensive. Um, it's a fucking stupid, fucking archaic way of comporting oneself in a fucking civilized society. Quote, unquote. Um, yeah. We're, we're part of the society. We have rules and fucking ways of being and unspoken laws yeah absolutely yeah. of how to comport yourself with one another and pride is not in that um i'd say um you know in the fucking 1800s you can still find these these books um there there are books on etiquette from the like the 1800s and shit the 19 i'm sorry uh 1700s um i can't fucking name you one book on etiquette that has been published within the last fucking century and i would actually be uh, very curious to thumb through what the fuck that would be if it existed i'm sure it exists, it exists. yeah there's plenty of new college courses that involve ethics and dude jordan peterson etiquette. jordan peterson is that a fucking book on um on etiquette <laughs> clean 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 your room Clean your room. Stand up straight with your shoulders back. Uh, maybe. It's um. He calls it an antidote to chaos, which is a way to comport yourself in the chaos of existence. Yes. Um. I don't think that's etiquette, is it? Maybe. I don't know. Who cares? I'd say it's some form of it, and I encourage other people to pick up anything written by the, that gentleman, that fine gentleman, because maybe everything would be a little fucking more pleasant for each other out here. Yeah. It, yeah. I need another beer. Me too. <laughs> uh, moving on to the third beer of the lineup. In to save the fucking night, the third beer in the lineup. Thank you, Avery Brewing Company, for taking that upon yourselves. To make a fucking imperial version of this beautiful beer style. Holy shit. We have in front of us from Avery Brewing Company, the Kaiser. This is an imperial Oktoberfest lager 
coming in at an 8.0 ABV. This is how you fucking honor a fucking traditional beer style. You make it better. This is a limited release from Avery Brewing Company. And a little off the label, it says, brewed with Rocky Mountain water, of course, malted barley, imported German specialty malted barley, noble German hops, and German lager yeast. Fuck yeah, dude. Nice. Just stu- super fucking in tradition. Like, we're not going to... um. We're not going to uh, sacrifice here. Mm-hmm. We're going to use traditional ingredients and we're going to find a way to make it better. And it um, has a few descriptors here. It says massive, brazen, and bold. I wish to waste no time on this beer. I want this in my fucking mouth right now. Let's crack this open and pour this motherfucker out. The Kaiser's poured out. It is in our mugs, and we are ready for some smelling notes. So I, I was actually exper- uh, I was expecting an experience of uh, spotting on on a larger scale, and I'm not quite finding it uh, just yet on the nose. It it's it's a little reassuring that we do have an eight percenter, but it's uh, it's not reassuring to know that we don't have that flavor profile jumping out of the mug. Right. We had something like the Spartan jumping out of the mug when you poured it at a five point nine ABV. It really kind of tells you how much love and um, how much in, in attention a craft is going into it when you can um, when you can taste it as you're pouring it. You know. Uh, the Kaiser isn't giving me that uh, impression quite yet. It's almost along the lines of the Bell's Oktoberfest in that the flavors are a little muted on the nose. Correct. Uh, the color is a little closer to the Oktoberfest than it is to the spot in Oktoberfest. Okay. Um, I'd say I'd say the color lies somewhere right in between both beers. Yeah, right? it it is a little uh, a little more of this like deeper, richer amber copper hue than uh, Bell's gave us, but not quite to uh, Spartan standards. Not just yet. Yep. Um, I, I'm I am getting all of these uh, flavor profiles that I'm expecting. Not to the, um, you know, not to the extreme that I was expecting them, but, um. Let's just see if we get all of that on the palate. Let's see what an 8% Imperial Mars and Lager tastes like. Prost. Prost. Yeah, that's cool, dude. Yep. That's really cool. Um, there's not a lot of beers that uh, when done, when done in different ABVs, uh, translate and communicate the fact that they are higher ABV. I feel like the Kaiser is doing that already for me. There's a slight booziness here without that boozy aftertaste. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more malt sweetness coming through. It feels like it was just ramped up without 
the hop variant of whatever spot in is using because there's no little bite at the end. Right, right. Um, in, in this rendition of the Marzen Lager, we don't have what we uh, experienced with Bells where they maybe threw in a little bit more hops into the batch than they should have. Um, this is balanced in its flavor profile with the ingredients used, um, except exceptionally bigger and bolder. I feel that even the mouthfeel of the beer seems denser. And I feel like that's also what you were asking for from the spot. And you're yes. saying that that's a really light, crisp beer. It should be a little heartier. Um, Kaiser from Avery Brewing Company brings a fucking hearty, a big, big, boastful heartiness mm -hmm. to this beer style, which it's begging for, right? I mean, fuck. I wouldn't be surprised if at some someday in the future, this Kaiser uh replaces a spot in, in an Oktoberfest celebration oh, from Avery me. Brewing Company. Yep. It's incredible. This is everything you want the spot in to be. Correct. It's just it's it's dense, it's full of flavor, it's it's still somehow bright and crisp. Hmm. I can guarantee you that I am buying um as much of this fucking beer as possible. Um, I'm convinced that tomorrow I'll be uh, jumping right back over to where I, you know, where I saw this at, and uh, I'm gonna grab, I'm gonna grab a few six packs, man. This comes in a six pack too. That's really cool. Super reasonably, reasonably priced. Um, I believe that it's about like a fourteen dollars six pack, which. All of these being eight percenters is quite the fucking steal. Yeah, it's not bad. Even the generic beer comes in at like twelve bucks for a six pack. Correct. Um, yeah, I, I, I really I couldn't agree more with the statement of this is everything that you want spotting to be. Um, if you um haven't had spotting in years and you're nostalgic for it and you start to remember everything that you experienced with it, um, this is actually what you're remembering. Mm -hmm. You're remembering something that you never had. But you believe it should be. <laughs> this is the romanticized version Holy of Mars and Lager. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're good with the words you. <laughs> Thank this you. This is a beer you remember drinking but never had. Yeah. That's fucking beautiful. It's exactly <laughs> the way to describe this fucking beer and the spot. Because every Oktoberfest this is what you're drinking this hearty fucking October beer. And everyone, for some reason, always confuses it with this, like, pumpkin spice beer, but it's not that. It's Oktoberfest, it's Mars and Lager, it's malt liquor, mm -hmm. and this is it. This is it right here. The Avery Brewing Company has done something fucking fantastic with the beer, taking it and just fucking turned it up to 11, even. Yeah. It's incredible. I want to say that um, Avery Brewing Company turned it up to a 9.5 for me. That's, um, you, you guys have really uh, found a way to um, underscore every single thing that I expected from the beer. Now, I'd say the only drawback here is going to be the fact that none of that came through on the nose, which is odd to me because somehow um, your, your, your lager has found a way to trap all of these fucking flavors in its fucking liquid and not allow them to just like really burst forth. Um, when I poured 
the spot in Oktoberfest, it, it, it felt like pulling a fucking bread out of the oven, like a fresh bread out of the oven. Mm-hmm. The room is filled with this aroma. Um, Avery's Kaiser doesn't give you this experience, and it's probably going to be because of how fucking dense it is. Maybe the carbonation has something to do with that as well. But as soon as you this beer hits your lips, you're going to fall in love. Yeah. Um, motherfuck. Uh, Avery's Kaiser is a, a respectable 9.5 for me. I don't know of any way that this could get any fucking better. Um, the only way that I could see this getting to a 10 would be experimenting this with a barrel aging process or adding another adjunct to it. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, maybe some kind of smoke here might work. Oh, maybe some kind of smoked malt might work here, um, to induce these kind of like scotch, um, uh, flavor profiles that um, a malt forward beer will always benefit from. Um, 9.5 for me, my dude. I think what this is missing is the hop. Um, Bells did it too much. Spotting does it just right. And this is more on the maltier side than the than the hops. Um, I think finding a good hop to balance this malt would be fucking perfect. It'll bring those aromatic uh notes that you're asking for that shit's dope up through the fucking glass that and shit's I, dope i want it to be a nelson hop i want it to be <clears> something <throat> that's going to evoke some sort of creaminess here some fucking smooth just like nice velvety taste on the no shit and nelson hop has been known to do that for a lot of ipas exactly fuck yeah um I, my respect dude um i think we both threw out different adjuncts that could be added to this to just really fucking turn it up to 11 um at the moment this is a 9.5 what about you dude 9.5 for me fucking hey dude yeah i never actually thought that i'd encounter um a, a, a marzen lager that i would mo- more prefer over a spot in every brewing company's done it man holy shit the Kaiser guys, go get your hands on this motherfucker. Absolutely. Um, moving on to the second topic of today's episode. For the next topic, we're going to talk about serendipity and suffering. Yes, sir. Uh, serendipity and suffering, the way we describe it, is just these little fucking bright moments in our lives that we that we cherish as people who were brought up in a less advantageous fucking uh class yeah dude totally i think that's a nice way to put it bro. right we're, we're dirt f- poor we're fucking poor bro we're, we're dirt fucking poor. broke yeah we're poor <laughs> dirt poor i mean as poor as you can get in the united states yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Come on, I mean, you we know. were still having lunch at school and pop tarts <laughs> and all that. And we have fucking running water, you I fucking was, animals. I was still overweight somehow, um, <laughs> <laughs> but we were poor. <laughs> we were dirt poor, and it wasn't. I didn't have a gut because of some like uh, worm, <laughs> worm? that was taking over me. It was just a gut because I ate too much. Because yeah. um, you got too much fucking government cheese in you right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's these moments of serendipity and that that suffering as we're gonna call it um these like little fucking bleak bright and far and few between moments where we were 
exposed to these fucking finer things in life. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, a, a lot of these moments are um, so fucking uh, awakening that uh, I, I guess you you just can't help but hold on to them and and really relish them. And I think that um, this topic's great because it's so relatable on a very personal level, mm -hmm. right? I, I feel <clears throat> there's many things that are relatable as like a general sentiment, but um, few and like soulful things are re relatable on a very personal level. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, serendipity and suffering means something different um, to every single person that is uh, listening. Yeah, and uh, I, I think uh, this is a little moment of like, uh, like being genuine, as well as individuals in sharing this. So um, I love this topic, and I want to just like jump right into it. Um, I, I I distinctly recall that the very first time that I enjoyed a very very fine champagne was in the middle of a trailer park. With the bottle at room temperature, and I, I, my my memory might fucking not serve me well. Like, maybe I'm just picturing it in a fucking brown paper bag, bro. <laughs> legit, <laughs> legit. This is like some fucking brown bagging Dom Perignon, El Monte, California fucking moments, you know? Um, just a, a a fucking a spark in fucking nothingness, and uh, it, it's it's uh it, it's electric bro it's like this should not be happening right now but it is and fuck you and fuck you everything yeah because it's it is it was an assault on the commonplace correct and we viewed it as such yes like we are better than our situation correct look at this look at what we're doing we're enjoying this fucking fine champagne at this brief fucking moment of time because we deserve it. Correct, we do. Um, <laughs> talk about fucking pride. entitlement and pride. Yeah, <laughs> it's just something that happens to tickle our pride bone, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, to a certain extent, I think uh, you you it is enlightening. Um, not to you know take it so far as to be a dick about it for sure, but um, it should be um, more empowering and absolutely less entitling. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you you take your own interpretation of that, but it should be absolutely more empowering and very much less entitling. Um, these were moments of uh, an assault on the commonplace. Couldn't put it better myself. Um, these were moments of uh, realization and awakening that um, there are greater things abound, and that um, your ambitions should be uh, set accordingly. Right. Um, there are these moments and, and I think some of them happened by choice. Um, and then some of them happened by pure, um, chance. And I think that's where the serendipity is, uh, the fucking, um, what is it? The operative word here. Um, uh, I'll share, I'll share, uh, I, I've already shared one actually. I've shared this mm -hmm. and um, you can speak to it because you were the gentleman that provided the brown paper bag, Dom Perignon. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those moments of you get a chance, you get an opportunity to, to break 
from your fucking little like monotonous fucking routine and somebody offers you a job somewhere this one off job and you take it and it happens to be fucking serving fucking rich fucking people and there's a the perk to it is just like hey like you know what that that's left over we're not going to use it go ahead and take it and it's nothing to them but it was incredible to us it was something it was a bleak little window into um something greater than ourselves like uh more often than not a lot of people enjoy shit like this that we can't and we don't enjoy on a daily basis correct and 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 sometimes in the moment um you know you said it earlier like i deserve this sometimes we don't even deserve it right it just it's by chance um here's here's another moment i'm going to share another one i really fucking hope that like you're you're able to like really fucking spitfire these like gems throughout fucking um suffering um here's one my first cuban cigar my first cuban cigar came from working as a valet for egyptians at a high scale cuban restaurant um where us as valets were not allowed to keep our tips so we had to like you know really fucking finagle and like we we had to like use our communication skills we had to tell patrons hey dude i don't get to keep my tips can you like give me the tip like discreet like like the handshake shit really works around here bro it's nice it works do that right (laughs) we we did like stupid shit um it was a really fun job through and through but we worked in shit conditions amongst you know amongst um people that were well off um inebriated and fucking i had their um had their fucking um well what is it lowered inhibitions lowered and I remember the first Cuban cigar coming from a gentleman that uh, came out to get his car and uh, he was smoking one. And I just happened to fucking ask him, hey, what you puffing on, man? You know what you got there? Nice cigar. He says, yeah, this is a real fucking Cuban. This is before fucking Cuba's embargo was ended through the Obama period, by the way. Yeah. So like if you're listening to this and you're a millennial and you're like, Big fucking deal. We can get Cubans on the cigar <laughs> shop down the street. Right. Yeah. No, this was when the embargo was still a thing, bro. I'm old. Um, <laughs> um, so this was like, this, I got fucking Cubans. Like, you want a fucking Cuban? I got, I got Cubans, bro. Here you go. Just handing me this fucking big dick, right? This big brown dick. <laughs> and, and I remember uh, I, I took it home with me that night. And I I worked with a few friends at that at that time, <clears throat> so I had two or three friends around me, all of us puffing on a fucking Cuban cigar that we had no business doing so, but getting to experience what the fuck that was like, mm-hmm. you know, no business doing that, just an amenity of being poor right there, yeah, a fucking trickle down. <laughs> I believe this is what Ronald Reagan <laughs> had in mind when he meant trickle down economics. One day, <laughs> some fucking adolescent. The rich youth, people live, live in such abundance <laughs> that they can give away some of their amenities to the poor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get it. Make the rich richer so that they could 
just trickle down the riches more. <laughs> That's <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Fucking a, dude. Yeah, I used to work at a at a club, and it was just. You know, everyone there is fucking poor. Everyone there is fucking. A lot of the people there didn't even have fucking uh, citizenship. They were just there illegally, and fucking whatever little money they got, they sent back to their fucking family in the other no another fucking country. Because back to the country, yeah. Back to the fucking homeland. Um, and then everyone's busting their ass every fucking night, trying to get a little bit more than minimum wage because that's the place where you do everything's. It works with people with lowered inhibitions. Um, willing to fucking just throw money at you because that's the way you get things done. Is just throw money at the fucking problem. You want good service? Here's here's five bucks. Um, one of the waitresses one night was fucking as a tip. She received a bottle of fucking Louis Thirteen cognac. Jesus Christ! Fucking Remy Martin, right? This cognac street value goes for maybe like three thousand dollars, four thousand dollars a bottle. Motherfuck! At the club. We're looking at ten to fifteen thousand. Jesus, uh, this is a, a table that bought five or six of them cash. Was like, oh here, we got the stuff over. Take it. We couldn't take any of the stuff home, so she fucking cracked it open and fucking shared with everybody that was working. Here's some for you. Here's some for you. Here's some for you. And it was an incredible fucking experience. It was just, it's ridiculous. Like you, like you look back at these little fucking moments of like escapism from your fucking current situation. It's like, I mentioned this earlier. It's like buying a fucking lottery ticket. It's that brief moment when you buy a lottery ticket and you're picturing all this shit you're going to buy for everybody in your fucking family. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful fucking thing. Uh, so, you know, another, uh, another occupation when, um, when you're poor, is apparently um like a housekeeper for rich people right yeah that's a pretty common one so very obviously my, my that was one of my mother occup mother's occupations and there's like even people like directors of like major films even like actors that like my family has collectively uh serviced right just like you're saying like just fucking bringing a service to people who are well off and there was a few times through my childhood. Do you like caviar? I don't like caviar, bro. Mm. I don't like caviar. I don't. I've. I haven't met a caviar that I've liked. Yeah. And, um, you know, quite honestly, it's been a, a good minute since I've had it. But as a child, I would have it every once in a while, and I never enjoyed it. And as a really poor motherfucker coming from like one of the most socio economically disadvantaged areas that you could live in in california in early 90s every once in a while my mom would show up to the house with caviar <laughs> because she just happened to um you know like clean up a house after a fucking party um you know these people hosted you know a bunch of guests and uh caviar was on the menu guy and they didn't finish all the caviar. Like, legit, they just bought so much caviar. that It's just sitting there now. It's actually just spoiling. Yeah. <laughs> so they had their fill. They had their fill of caviar. So there's, like, tins of it just lying around. It's fancy-ass crackers. 
Yeah, just um, go ahead and like throw away all that caviar. Actually, if you want to keep it for yourself, go ahead. I don't give a fuck. And my mom would show up, and I just remember her just completely enjoying the entire fuck out of it. Just sitting there <laughs> in like a fucking 200 square foot apartment. Yeah. <laughs> just like enjoying every single cracker <laughs> of sturgeon. <laughs> you know, just like grab some and help yourself. Mijo, come on. I was like, what the fuck do rich people eat? What the fuck is this shit? Where the fuck are the fucking arroz and frijoles? <laughs> Why isn't this deep fried in oil? <laughs> Where are the monounsaturated fats, man? <laughs> Where's the lead? Where's the lead? First and foremost, where's the lead? Hey, bro, you eat lead? All the time. I used to eat lead all the oh, fucking time, bro. It's delicious. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, dude. How much lead did we have as fucking children? <laughs> oh, shit, bro. Fuck me. Oh, my me. God. It was fucking delicious. It was, bro, because once they removed all that shit yeah. from the fucking same Mexican candy. Mm-hmm. Didn't taste the same. Now it's garbage after yep. that. <laughs> just they replaced the it with corn syrup. <laughs> what the fuck is this here. shit, bro? Yeah. There's no lead in this. No, now it's corn syrup. <laughs> now it's corn syrup. <laughs> yeah, it's healthier for you. It's better than lead. <sighs> it's better yeah. than lead. And it's also more addictive than lead. Yeah. So, and then also, you're like way too stupid now from eating all the fucking lead. So you're just going to keep buying it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there Fuck, was, dude. There was this one time, um, one of my uncles, one of my uncle's bosses gave him lobster. Okay, you know nobody in my fucking family had ever had fucking lobster. I'm sure. So there was two lobsters shared between thirty people, <laughs> <laughs> right? And everyone got a little piece of lobster dipped in some like butter and some lemon, and it was. Fucking disgusting. Um, <laughs> to me, anyway. I didn't enjoy it. And I, like, there, it was a big thing for us, though. It was a big fucking, like, everyone's, we're going to come together. It's a moment, yeah. It was a moment of fucking time. It was yeah. one of those fucking amenities of being fucking poor. The, yes, sir. The serendipity and suffering. Mm. It was, yes. we all came together because... We fucking got lobster, guys. Yeah. Fucking 30 people sitting around in a fucking kitchen waiting for this fucking lobster wrapped in tinfoil. And everybody got a fucking piece. Yep, yep. It was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. I fucking love that, dude. (laughs) I fucking love that. That, that, These are the moments that make it worthwhile for um, suffering, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Jesus, fuck. That's a good one. Um. Uh, I could I I could bring um, examples. Um, I mean, t- truth be told, I think really what hits home about this topic is a lot of the times here in this project, it is about creating the serendipity and the suffering. We create those moments, and um, we have the ability to do so. And um, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I'm gonna preface that. With sometimes we have the ability to do that. Right. Sometimes we have the ability to create circumstances that um, um, are uh, less than likely. Right. 
and I think this project's um, the heart of this project is that um, we we we're out here enjoying. Sometimes we're enjoying shit that none of you motherfuckers out there listening to this could <laughs> ever get your hands on. <laughs> well, <laughs> something about the pride and fucking yeah, yeah. yeah something about <laughs> that shit. Um, no, I just I think at the end of the day, what we're doing here is just living up to what our parents suffered so much for. I like that. You know, uh, they looked at lobster as this fucking fine delicacy and I can afford to be, I don't want a lobster. Yeah. Be like, I don't like it. It's disgusting. Get the the shit out of my face. (laughs) Same. Get the corn out of my face. Same, dude. I don't want it. But it was Uh, such a luxury item to them because they grew up even more impoverished than we did. Yes. Yes. And how. (laughs) Watching my mom and my aunt and everybody enjoy this little fucking fragment of lobster correct was incredible yeah um we get to watch our we get to watch each other mm-hmm. and sometimes when we're lucky we get to watch a handful of people that we um care for and love um eat a sliver of lobster bro <laughs> and and the the beautiful part is the ability to create that as well yeah 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 i think <laughs> One of like my major ambitions in like trying to make money in life is just being able to give those moments to my family. Correct. Currently. Yeah, correct. Um, Jesus fuck. Um let's see here. Shit, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm 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 actually dumb I'm dumbstruck. Uh I'm I'm trying to find uh mo- more moments of serendipity like this and um, I feel like there's like so many as well, um, <laughs> that it's hard to choose one. I can tell you one <clears throat> that we shared. Let's do it. Um, we're in seventh grade and our school for some, some reason afforded tickets to go watch a Dodger game. Absolutely. Yeah. But they let us go watch a Dodger game. It was the first fucking like major fucking sporting event that I have ever gone to in my life. For sure. Same here. And we well, not the first one, but yeah. Well mine. Anyway. Yeah. Um and we you specifically, yeah, took a box of cracker jacks from one of our teachers who offered some to us. Yeah, I remember. And this. you reached over and said thanks, and then we finished the box of cracker jacks. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant because we couldn't afford anything at this place. We couldn't afford a hot dog. We couldn't afford nachos. We couldn't afford shit. And we took his box of cracker jacks, and it was fucking amazing. <laughs> like that fool sang a song about this. I'm, I'm keeping this. They, we sang a song about it just a little. Fuck, dude. I don't know. Um, I think this is a great way to branch off into creating your own serendipity. Uh, I love the topic of serendipity and suffering, but I think creating serendipity is a whole fucking, uh, you know, uh, topic of its own. Um, I I, want to just like fucking encourage anyone listening to really explore and take the time and think about these moments and um you will find that um they are abundant in your in your memory um i want to fucking i, I want to cap this fucking off i want to get into the fourth beer let's fucking rip that one open let's do that
in the light of creating serendipity. Yes, sir. We have our next beer from Firestone Brewing Company. This is the Oaktoberfest. This is an oak aged lager from Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Uh, a little read. No read. No read on this. Okay. Okay. All they're telling us is that they're they're gonna offer us a Marzen lager that is aged in oak. Is that what it is? This is an oak aged lager. Yeah, I mean, there's a picture of an oak barrel right there. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if it housed spirit before it. I, I kind of feel like they would tell us that it housed spirit before it. Yeah. I'm I'm only expecting like a certain um, wood note without any kind of spirit. I'm I'm not expecting like uh you know warmth. bourbon or warm yeah some mm-hmm. warmth, some heat from a barrel. All I'm expecting mm-hmm. is um. Some like really um, bright peppery notes, some some wood, some some heart, and uh, this is awesome, dude. It says celebrating twenty five years of brewing. So for like the twenty fifth anniversary of Firestone Walker, they decided to oak age a classic, a Marzen Lager. Um, this is truly fucking special, and I'm hoping that it lives up to. The expectation here. Yep, same here. Um, it is in the traditional like blue um, argyle. Yeah, definitely. Like patterning the way the fucking spotting spotting. Thank you. Yep. Does that like blue and light blue? Uh, I'm wondering like the significance of that, and that maybe that's something that we could get into a little later. Sure. Um, but yeah, that that totally seems to have some kind of cultural significance. The argyle. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's telling us to expect something great here. And, um, from Firestone Walker from 25 years of brewing excellence, I, I don't expect anything, um, less. I'm honestly surprised that this isn't sitting in a little, in an individual box. Oh, no shit. Right. You no, know, it's Firestone. They usually have their own little box for every They beer. do. They do. But let's see what we got here. Let's do a damn thing. Let's get into these. This is all poured out. This is, it was deceptive for a bit. It was really clear yellow for yeah. a second. And then it turned a little bit more orange tinge to it. And now this is looking more of a, in line with the Oktoberfest style. Um, nice, nice fucking frothy head. Definitely, dude. Um, if there's anything that we could say for um, <clears throat> uh, anything that's been similar in, in the beer's appearance, throughout it's been that each of these has given us a formidable head um it looks like a beer dude it looks like what you think of a fucking beer should look like Mm -hmm. it just gives you this big frothy like just it has stain power It, it it defies gravity by like lifting itself out of the mug and um it i mean the germans got it right man yes they do you know they know what the fuck they're doing goddamn german engineering (laughs) Um, yeah, dude, let's get some smelling notes on this. Hmm. 
okay. Uh, it, it's giving me what I'm expecting. It is a bit light. Um, I expected something a little bit more um, aged. I expected something that's going to be more robust. But it's kind of offering me the same level. Um, maybe in between the bells and the spotten. Mm. Somewhere right in between there. Yeah, a lot of the similar notes. Malty, sweetness, breadiness. Like we're going to have throughout this whole lineup. Um, but you're right. A little bit muted. Right underneath the spotting. A little bit above the... Um, bells. Bells. We're going to get right into this. Uh, Osmadius. Yes, sir. Happy Oktoberfest, sir. Happy Oktoberfest. Prost. Prost. To your health, sir. Guess the juice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, a very interesting take on the style. There's um there's a certain complexity that's coming to this that um I don't know that I've ever encountered actually. This is really, really special. Um it, it's it's making me work for the descriptors, really. Mm. <clears throat> there's something so fresh about this brew. There's this like what you would expect for its uh crisp refreshing refreshing quickness this is uh es una um cerveza ligera it, it's it has a very quick dry finish but somewhere in between there's this there's this like distinct like white pepperiness to it <laughs> there's like this 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 white oak element i was wanting to compare this to white stout nice um because of the pepperiness because of the maltiness it, it has just those similar notes that the white stouts always hit it's a very interesting take on the Oktoberfest. Um, I feel like this like spiciness that that's being imparted from the oak. Mm -hmm. And again, I mean, um, Firestone Walker, if you want to call us out on our bullshit on uh, wasted content, uh, please do so. We will be posting pictures of your beer and we will be rating it, motherfuckers. So if you wish to defend yourselves, Fuck. <laughs> if you wish to defend yourselves, I'm going to call you out on some white oak. And I'm gonna call you out on some white oak staves. Um, I, I feel like if if I'm gonna challenge you, I'm gonna guess that you threw white oak staves into your brew. You didn't age this in a barrel, and you're being honest about it because you're not putting barrel aged on the label. But you are saying that it's oak aged. And I think that what you've done here works on a very creative level because the beer is meant to withstand um, months in a cold cave, um, you know, just left alone to its own devices. 
And I think with, you know, modern uh, craft brewing technology, you can absolutely recreate that and then add other, other adjuncts into it that will take it to a different place. And I feel like you've done that. And this like spiciness that's coming from this um, oak that you've thrown in here is creating a Marzen lager in its own category. I'm really having a tough time placing this, really. It's clearly a Marzen lager. It visually. is. Visually. And on the palate, it's clearly a Marzen lager. Uh huh. But that oak is definitely adding this unique texture and um, taste. And I'm going to, again, I'm going to bring this back to a white stout. It, it feels a little bit on the maltier side. That peppercorn, maybe it's like a roasted peppercorn. Okay. I don't know. It's weird. Like a like a white or pink peppercorn for sure. What are you rating this? It's really complex, dude. Um, I don't know what to make of it because it, it's um it's <laughs> it's exactly what we were talking about, right? We kind of uh, really ventured through this uh, transitional <laughs> uh, <laughs> exploration of the style. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we necessarily meant to do that, but we effectively did that with this. Uh, I've never had, um, I've never had a lineup that's like more really uh, pronounced the differentiations between a brewery's take on something. And I think that what makes it special is that it's all done to a style that's like very traditional. Um, the addition of the adjunct of this uh, oak is is creating um, older flavors or um, more refined flavors in a base beer that is everything that you're expecting. I think the creativity of um, creating something so complex is is gonna make me very much respect. Uh, Firestone Walker, um, especially in celebration of their 25 years in business and innovation and creativity. Um, we here have uh, featured a Firestone lineup and it was um, fucking, uh, it slapped. Um, we had things that were aged for a few years. We had things that were in a 12 ounce bottle inside of a fucking little cardboard box all adorned with like just this beautiful fucking story to it. Um, we have featured quite a few fucking things um, here on this project from these guys. And I think we're just adding another notch under the belt for what they can do. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't applaud them further um, because on a personal level, they've done so with a personal favorite. Um, my rating for this is going to be a nine. I think this is lovely. Um, the, the the flavors that you've created with the adjunct of the oak really take this to another level. Um, I do wish, however, that you had gone a little bit Avery and bumped this up to an 11. Yep. 
yep, yep. Same here. I, I, I think, want more ABV. Uh, I mean, not necessarily on the ABV, ABV side for sure. This could use more ABV. This is sitting out of five points, uh, five point two, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like they could have bumped up a lot more. Not been so dependent on the oak imparting flavor on this, but bumped up the base beer itself. Uh, the oak is definitely complimentary here, but it's just, it's standing on one leg right now. It's, it's completely hoping that we pick up on all mm-hmm, the oak flavors mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. peppercorn and everything else yeah. and not focus on the base beer. Right. Absolutely. So I'm going to give us an 8.5 for me. I think the base beer could have used a lot more oomph, a lot more flavor, a lot more breadiness, some malts, some sweetness even. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say of the lineup, this is the one that's like the uh, the quickest, the driest of all the offerings. Yeah. Um, a bit more of a, like a malt backbone would have certainly helped you a long way. And uh, I, I think I think you guys can do it. And um, we, we've seen you do great stuff with right. barrels. Uh, unbeknownst to us, there's probably casks of this um, already waiting for us to discover them. Right. Within a few years. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, I think uh, fucking I think what did I do? An 8.5 for this? You did a 9 and you did an 8.5. 9, 8.5. Okay. Yeah. I think a 9 and 8.5 is like super fucking generous um considering the the base beer um and i can't wait to meet the barrel aged version of this right right the one that doesn't come in a six pack (laughs) the one that comes in a single carton as a 12 ounce bottle yep (laughs) um i think we're gonna be closing out for today's lineup this has been a fucking awesome fucking lineup uh, I, I honestly can't think of a better way to celebrate this season in beers. Uh, a lot of you guys are going to be enjoying fucking like pumpkin shit. We did that shit last year. Yeah. Um, it was good, but this is um, uh, this is just quite enjoyable. And it's also, you know, it also allows us to um, explore different fucking ways to um improve on tradition you know improve on fucking folklore and culture um and and a reflection on on our culture as well yes (laughs) something like that Uh. (laughs) fuck it dude you got any closing thoughts on this um what was that song the white man marches on um kudos to germany and the octoberfest This has been episode 84 of Wasted Content. (laughs) I am Anthropos. (laughs) Sign. And Mozzie Mandias. (laughs) 
see you next week. I didn't see that fucking coming. What the fuck is this? Peace. <laughs>